Hello, welcome to another episode of a pastor and his people. We're back. <laughs> we still do these things? We're back. <laughs> Dave Keene here with John Whitaker. You thought you could get rid of us, but... You know, it's just not the same without you. You being, you know, gallivanting and, you know, uh, doing ministry across the world. Sightseeing. Sightseeing. <laughs> elephants and whatnot. We figured we just hold off and give everyone a break from another season <laughs> of pastor and his people. What season is this again? Three, four? <laughs> uh, this, this is uh, season number three, I believe. Oh, yeah. Last time on Pastor Mystery. Um, Meanwhile, back at the back. <laughs> we are in Acts. Still. Yep. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. Plugging along. Uh, you do say this, right? Very commonly when you get up. Uh, if you're new to here with us, we like to work through the Bible chapter by chapter, verse by verse, yep. laying the main... Voice of our service be, how do you, how do you say it? I said, each week we take a passage of scripture and we'll work through it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, let God's main word be the main voice of our, of our God. Why do you do that? Uh, because I want people to know that our gathering is not centered around a man, uh, but centered around, around the word of God. And really I'm trying to encourage the, those who are listening to open their Bible and read along with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would say our liturgy, or how we, it's kind of set up that way as well, right? Yeah. So like, we transition, now as we enter into our time of worship, right? The yeah. announcements aren't our time of worship. We're entering into that. Yeah, so our, you know, our our worship begins with God's word calling his people together, mm-hmm. right? God always calls and gathers his people. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to do everything around the word of God. So yeah. if, you, if you come to our service, you see a call to worship, you see a scriptural um, uh, long passage prayer meditation mm-hmm. afterward. Uh, you see, think about assurance of pardon, scripture, giving, scripture, our passage scripture. Yeah, we stand for the reading of God's stand word. Stand for the reading of God's word. And partly of that is, is that we are naturally ones who do not want to submit. Um, and we don't want to pay honor where honor is due in our, in our own heart. Um, so we want to prepare our hearts to hear God's word, saying, no, listen, this is the word of God. We're ready to listen. Mm-hmm. And it's a small way where we can say, this is what we want to stand and give reverence and honor to. Yeah, because I think physically you can be here. Also, you, your mind, your heart is there as well, right? You think of the parable of the sower, right? The seed goes in, but you want to have good soil, you know, and so let the Spirit move. But um, I think when I was young and I was coming here, something you, I mean, the standing has definitely helped. Uh, I think that always kind of resonated with me. But I think something you, uh, I think we mentioned on this podcast as well, I remember being a college student and you telling us, one, on Saturday nights, what, th- what time are you going to bed? Right? Be thinking about Sunday morning. When you on Saturday, yeah. And also, when you said uh, when the pats are when the plates are being passed around, that's the time to go ahead and flip to the scripture and start reading the passage, start praying, praying your heart. That's always helped me. Every time that the I mean, this Sunday we had a special beautiful job thinking mm-hmm. about how deep the Father's love, one of my favorite songs. Uh, but normally, I'm always I'm praying. I'm saying, you know, Lord, um, you know, let me decrease that you increase. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm utterly dependent upon you. Mm-hmm. Unless you speak through your servant we i have nothing so yeah. bless your people for the word and i'm just kind of giving my full dependence upon him mm-hmm. every time before i can give and preach so that's been super helpful for even my own heart right not even if i'm if i'm not uh preaching if i'm just sitting there i want the same thing that's i good. want the lord to speak you know your yeah. servants are listening right that's good yeah our prayers should be very similar to that yeah, yeah. that's good but we are in acts chapter 19 we sure are uh we covered verses 1 through 20 Paul is in Ephesus. Yep. I've heard of Ephesus. Yes. There's a letter to this 
Baptist churches here. Yeah, you have a letter to to the church in um, Ephesus, Ephesians. Mm -hmm. uh, you also have a mini letter by the Lord Jesus to the church at Ephesus, um, which is interesting because Ephesus is a, is a powerhouse. Um, Especially teachers. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> and, the, and so John was probably a teacher there. Uh, Paul was a teacher there. Timothy was a teacher there for a season. Mm -hmm. And it lasted for 40 years and then closed down. It's wow. interesting, you know. Uh, God gave it light for a time. So... Is there something to take away with I think so. I think that, uh, <laughs> Christ will always build his church, mm -hmm. right? Um, the church universal, right? Mm -hmm. The church uh, local um, is not guaranteed, right? Always to have his light, always, always to have his lampstand, you know, mm -hmm. have his gospel. Yeah. Um, but the church will always exist, mm -hmm. right? So um, I think there's just maybe a little, a little dose of humility. Yeah. I think kind of creeps in there. Which, once again, every week we pray for other churches all over the place. Because Christ will build his church. Christ will build his church. But it may not mean just part of his church. Yep, absolutely. That's good. Uh, Acts chapter 19, 1 through 20. Uh, it happened that while Apollos was at Corinth, that's a transition, uh, it's a foreshadow, same time during the same yeah, time. Yeah, it, it, it's, a, it's a shadow, it's a transition. So uh, Paul finished his, mission, his second missionary journey. Came to Antioch because then he said he went back and kind of encouraged the other churches. Mm -hmm. We don't really know. It's, that's almost like a third missionary journey there, but mm -hmm. like he doesn't really talk much about. This is kind of like the beginning of it. Uh, our last uh, uh, end of chapter eighteen. Apollos is in Ephesus with Priscilla and Aquila. He gets kind of instructed to teach Jesus more accurately, and then he has a desire to go to Macedonia or, mm -hmm. or Corinth, being that main place. So while Apollos is doing ministry in Corinth, Paul now comes back to Ephesus. Yeah, I think Acts um, is good. Acts is really good, and I think, once again, I think early on when I started coming here, something was very helpful as I was kind of seeing this teaching verse by verse, chapter by chapter, was that these letters, they have history, and I think it's very helpful. Like, I'm reading Acts, I'm like, oh, yeah, like, you should probably be thinking something about this when you read Ephesians or uh, Corinthians. Like, when you read First Corinthians, and you see the Apollo, uh, Apollos and Paul, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Like, Apollos is in Corinth. Like, that's, that's pretty cool, you know, yeah. in the background. Uh, your first point, the Spirit comes in power for the glory of Jesus. Yeah, so the whole entire goal for my sermon was to show how the Spirit comes for the glory of Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. So the Spirit works to help us glorify Jesus. Mm -hmm. and I tell this, I said in our, in our new members class just last week, I said, you know, if you are wondering whether you're living a Spirit-filled life, hmm. how do I know that if I'm being led or filled by the Spirit? I would just say, are you trying to make much of Jesus? Mm. If you're trying to make much of Jesus, you are living a spirit-filled life because yeah. that's why he came. He that's came good. to convict us of our sin, to, to awaken us to our need for righteousness and point us to our need of the Savior, the Lord Jesus. Yeah, that's good. Um, so let's, you know, let's point the Spirit comes in power for the glory of Jesus. You mentioned um, here, right, with uh, Romans 6, 3-5. What are you trying to do with uh, the passage? So, um, so he's talking about the baptism of the Lord Jesus. So okay. these disciples that he found were had John's baptism. Mm -hmm. Last week we talked about uh, Apollos eight, Apollos in Acts eighteen. Mm -hmm. He believed in the baptism of John, which mm -hmm. kind of connects us to Luke chapter three. Remember, okay. Luke and Acts were sequels, and really that's a baptism of repentance, um, more based on works. This is a baptism of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So um, when Paul talked about baptism. Right, where does Paul teach about baptism? Because sometimes when you're reading through the narratives and Acts, Luke doesn't give you the whole story. Mm -hmm. He doesn't he doesn't share everything that Paul said in that encounter. Right. right. So when we look at other scriptures, what did Paul teach about 
baptism in other places. Mm. Well, that helps us understand something of what he probably said uh, to these people. Mm, that's good. Um, and and you, you kind of mentioned, right, of baptism being used as an ordinance in the church. You, you kind of refer to it as a, also like uh, it's different here than yes. it would be in other places of the world. Would you, would you say that we've watered down baptism? <laughs> I laughed. I chuckled. I wrote that down. I was like, that's a good one. I got it. <laughs> so I, I'd say the answer is yes. Okay. Um, so in persecution, countries of persecution, to get baptized is to renounce um, your former religion mm-hmm. and is to often renounce the religion of your family. And it means to be shunned. It means to invite persecution upon yourself. Mm. So, you know, I've heard in missionary context. Uh, Muslim families or Buddhist families would say to their children, yeah, you can go to church, but don't you get baptized. Because hmm. being exposed to it wasn't the, the, the greatest danger. It was crossing over. Right? Yeah. And baptism is a change of allegiance. You have a new Lord, a new King, a new Master. Right. Um, so I think in other parts of the world, that is still very high. Right. I think in America, we make it where it's not as big a deal as it should be. Okay. Right? We don't heighten it to the degree that I think uh, the Lord wants. Mm. And I think even even if you see, you know, I, I mentioned spontaneous baptism in my message. Um, and I also message just maybe how we manipulate the Holy Spirit as we think about later on in the passage. But um, I think that you can get anyone emotionally caught up in the moment mm. um, and to be baptized. And then I think it loses a little bit of its significance without a thoughtful um, weighing of the cost. Mm-hmm. Jesus count the cost before you come to me. Right. And I think that what happens if you made that decision flippantly or in the moment and you didn't think it through? Yeah. You know, are you willing to live up to the coming to Christ, but also publicly for other people saying you're coming to yeah. Christ? Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes the danger in our country is that even in the South, there's a benefit by coming to Christ. Mm-hmm. Right. And you gain a benefit. You gain something from it. Yeah. Well, in, in a foreign context, you, you don't gain anything earthly, yeah. worldly, you gain a lot spiritually, hmm. um, but you are inviting um, persecution and suffering in, in a foreign context. Hmm. So I think when you think about this, this context in general, this is one of the unique places in the scripture where it talks about, or this one actually the, the only places where it says um, it almost seems like a second baptism, hmm. right? You have a baptism of the Holy Spirit um, after someone is saved. I don't know if he's, they were actually saved. It doesn't say that, right? They were disciples, which is kind of code for believers. Right. But they were disciples of John, right? Right. So we don't really know. Um, but I think that when we kind of look at the whole context of Ephesus mm-hmm. and the, the the community of Ephesus and this, this spiritual, this dark magic and these incantations that people are kind of living under, mm-hmm. I think the Holy Spirit came in power in Ephesus to show that he was supreme over this false Right, false worship, this false magic. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I kind of mean at your point. I want to hear you maybe talk a little bit more because I think this is a. I mean, you mentioned your sermon because I think it's prevalent in our time. But spontaneous baptism, you would say, it's probably watered down as well. We can see that spontaneous baptism, but also people feeling the need when they rededicate to get baptized. Maybe it's not uncommon to hear people getting baptized a few times. Sure. Which is not, and I want to, I want to be very well, cautious here because we believe that you need to be baptized upon profession of faith, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes people get baptized too young mm-hmm. and they don't fully understand what they're um, doing. Um, uh, 
forgive that noise, guys. Just a little work outside. Um, so they may not fully understand what they're doing. I think so what oftentimes happens is that people have faith, mm-hmm. but they don't have, it hasn't blossomed to the degree of faith as comes with more knowledge. Yeah. Um, so I want to make sure that you only need to be baptized once yeah. upon professional faith. Yes. Right? So you don't like getting baptized going under again right. doesn't make you more spiritual. Right. But you want to be clear with your conscience. Mm-hmm. The Bible says a baptize, baptize upon profession of faith. Right. If you know 100% confident mm-hmm. that you are not a Christian when you went under the first time, well, then you haven't been baptized. Mm-hmm. You got wet. Right. Yeah. Because you, true baptism right. is by immersion with the right preaching of the gospel with faith. Mm-hmm. If you don't have one of those things, then I would say it's not a true baptism. And maybe to help out with that, right? It's I've been baptized. I feel like you know. Well, I feel like something's happening again. That's what the Lord's Supper is for, right? Sure. It's the renewing the covenant once again. Yes, I'm in. Like the Lord has saved me. I'm looking forward to that day. Yeah, yeah. We we, we don't want to be. We don't want to make hasty decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we want to make wise, thoughtful decisions. But we also want to just. You know, follow the spirit of the spirit of the Lord. Mm. You know, one thing I probably would have talked more about is how Pentecostals use this verse, okay. right? You know, so it says, um, you know, we um, verse six, yeah, verse really verse four. John baptized okay. with the baptism of repentance on the people to believe. The one who was to come after him is Jesus. On hearing the, this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began. Speaking in tongues and prophesying, they were mm-hmm. not told that at all. A lot of times, people say, "Well, you have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? Have you been baptized? Have, you, have someone laid your hands on you? Have you visibly spoken tongues or prophesied?" Mm-hmm. I don't think that's normative in the Christian life today, mm-hmm. but I do think in Acts, when the the Lord entered into a new place, mm-hmm. He visibly showed His power, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that the Pentecostals, like I said in, in the sermon, when He says, "Hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed?" Right, they say, do you do you believe? Um, did you receive the Holy Spirit by speaking in tongues or by prophecy? So you would say Paul wasn't assuming that they would start speaking in tongues and prophesying. No. Okay. Uh, I mean, so here's a text that would advocate for the Pentecostal view. Yes, and I think that that's where they they often take it from. Do you have other examples of well, why? Again, you, I think you have to like look at how the gospel moves throughout Acts. So in Acts chapter two, we mm-hmm. see. Baptism speaking in tongues, Acts chapter eight, kind of a mini, mm-hmm. you know, Pentecost in the Samaria, yeah. and then Acts chapter ten with the Gentiles, right. right? So, again, that's the only time, and then here in nineteen, yeah. right? It doesn't seem like that's the normative way throughout the, the rest of the New Testament. But there's something Luke wants to say. Yeah, but I, I think yeah. Luke wants us to see it here, and I think it's because of the context of Ephesus, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if I don't think that we don't we don't see this happen when he comes to Athens, mm-hmm. we don't see this happen when he even when he goes to um, you know, uh, Rome even, right? Yeah. Well, we do see it happen here. Why? I think it's because of the, the way that Ephesians believed in the supernatural, mm-hmm. right? And much like what the Lord did in Egypt, mm-hmm. the Lord showed very specific plagues to show that he was the Lord of all. Mm-hmm. Even he says this, I'm doing this so that you would know that I'm the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think it's the same way. That's, that was in my head when I was reading this. Like, okay, the Lord is showing the Ephesians that there is only one God. And all these other gods, this the gods of Artemis, you know. Signs and wonders. Signs and wonders. That's good. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, even if you read the letter of Ephesians, that's a big kind of message throughout the whole entire letter. Christ rose from the dead and ascended above. Oh, yeah. You know, he's above the principalities. He's above. He, yeah. he went over them. So it's Our battle's of, not against, you know, flesh and blood, but mm-hmm. spirits, forces, darkness, and the heavenly places. So I think there's right. like this idea of, like, the spiritual realm is very prevalent in Ephesus. And I probably don't think you realized how much Ephesians have and, you know, until till I studied this passage. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I would read this passage, but in the past, and I'd get to the, the Jewish exorcist, and I'm like, oh, that's weird. Why, why are they getting beat up if they're coming yeah. in the name of Jesus? Right. But then realize, oh, they're not actually coming in the name of Jesus. They're coming for profit. Right? Mm. They're trying to use the name of Jesus for their own gain. Oh, that changes things a lot. So it's how you interpret it. That's good. That's good. Well, let's move along. Yep. Point two, the Spirit comes in word for the glory of Jesus. This is verses 8 through 10. The Spirit comes in word for the glory of Jesus. Yep. Where are you getting this from? So um, verse 8, spoke boldly. Uh, reasoning, persuading them about the kingdom of God. Obviously, he's using the word of God. This is what he did. Right. Um, and you go on down to verse 10. Continue for two years. The residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord, uh, both Jews and Greeks. Hmm. Um, so, you know, the, 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 the word of God comes by the Spirit. You get that in Second Peter chapter 2, mm-hmm. um, 1, 16 through 21. So we see that here, the Holy Spirit spoke, gave some um, harvest among the Jews, and then once they rebelled, he went against the um, the Gentiles, it was the Gentiles in the Hall of Tyrannus, which I find fascinating, right? Once he went probably teaching the, the kingdom of God in the afternoon, anyone mm-hmm. who would listen. Um, and I, I love that point where it says, this continued for two years so that all the residents of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Mm-hmm. It doesn't say everyone in Asia believed, right. but they heard. And I think this is just our ministry of evangelism and proclamation mm-hmm. is not only, you know, fruitful if we see results okay it's yeah. just that we are faithful mm-hmm. right? we preach and share the word the results are the words mm-hmm. even we thought about the, the, the quote uh, the, the scripture I referenced last week um, with Apollos Apollos water Paul planted Apollos water but only God gives an increase yeah. right so God's giving the increase here mm-hmm. but just think about this brother I mean I, I've been so encouraged by your ministry of late just in terms of how you have poured into people and I think it's really encouraging when you were in Thailand a lot of the ministry that uh, you did before you left Thailand, pouring into a lot of our youth, was bearing fruit in our own congregation. Mm-hmm. And I think I think about what Paul did at the Hall of Tyrannus. How many people did he share about the gospel? How many people did he teach about the gospel? For, for two years, mm-hmm. for three hours, four hours, every single day, those people came and heard, and what did they do? They left, and they, they shared the gospel. Yeah. That's the ministry. We yeah. pour our lives into faithful men and women so that they can teach others also. Mm-hmm. I saw that in you. I pray that that's happened in, in my life. I pray that's happens in all of our lives, right? Where yeah. we give ourselves to people, and then they give themselves to people, who then will give themselves to people, who will give themselves to people. Yeah. You know? That's good. Thank you for that. Um, something that I thought was interesting, right? I think I, I just want to hear your thoughts on it. Is you mentioned, right, that you know, here is a testimony of not only Paul's ministry, but also that you said people came and they left and they told. Um, so if I want to play devil's advocate here, right? We said earlier, right, what's happened there is descriptive, not prescriptive. Sure. Could we not say the same for this? Is it, it's just descriptive. It's not, yeah. we have to go and... Sure. So sure? Yeah, yeah it's, it's descriptive. Okay. It's so, describing what happened. Right, right. So I, I'm not basing our philosophy of ministry on this text. Yeah. I'm saying, I'm basing my philosophy of ministry on 
Paul's teaching in his epistles, his mm-hmm. direct commands to Timothy, mm-hmm. you know, teach the gospel to faithful men who are able to yeah. teach others also, to Jesus himself who said, go and make disciples. Yeah. How do we make disciples? You plant churches. Do so I think, an evangelist. Yeah, yeah. So I think like, you can see all throughout the scriptures. But I think yeah. what happened here is Paul just did that. What yeah. did he do? Because he invested his life in to people so that they right. could then share the, the gospel with others. That's good. And again, I mean, I'm making an implication here, yeah. right? I, it does, the text does not say people left um, mm, okay. Ephesus, but it does say that all the residents of Asia, so either one or two things happened. Either all the residents of Asia <laughs> came to hear Paul at the Hall of Tyrannus, right. which is mostly unlikely, or the people kind of over time came and heard him and then they, they went out and spread. Mm. It's very reasonable. Right, considering right. that Paul just left Corinth, Macedonia, and came to Ephesus, and then Apollos left, um, you know, uh, Corinth, or left Ephesus and went to Corinth, that that was probably pretty normal for people. Mm. So there's probably people all throughout Macedonia, all throughout Asia, who would come through Ephesus mm. and they would go back. Right. Mm. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm, that's where I'm drawing it out. Couldn't that's do good. it on Sunday because of time. But. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's why we had the podcast. That's right. Um, it, here's maybe um, one. One more thing before we move on to the next point. Um, maybe someone's discouraged, you know, maybe it's the season, summer, whatever, maybe going to the fall, and they've been discouraged with their own evangelism. What would something that you maybe would encourage them with? Um, well, one, just, you know, repent. <laughs> yeah. Stop, like, looking inward and just start sharing the gospel again, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, God works over time. That's what I was trying to say. Like, it's over two years, right? Yeah. Ministry is not done only in the last week or last month. Mm-hmm. Ministry is done over a lifetime. Yeah. Right? So just start now, make up a turn now, and start, hey, I'm, I'm going to invest in one person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to invest in one person. I'm going to try to share the gospel with one person a month. And then you increase that to one person a week. And then, hey, maybe I can get to, to trying to share the gospel with one person a day. You know, D.L. Moody, the great evangelist, um, post-Civil War, his goal was to share the gospel with someone every single day. Hmm. And there's numerous stories that he would, he would share in his journal that it was 11 o'clock and he didn't share the gospel with anybody. He would get yeah. up, get dressed, walk outside, and he'd meet people, mm-hmm. right? And he'd share the gospel with them. And many of them would get saved, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, so I would just encourage you that ministry is a gift. You get after it. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's somewhat, you said, right? Like, I think having a goal is very helpful. Uh, even now, like maybe write down a name. I'm gonna start praying for this person. I'm gonna start praying for things. That's always a good place to start. Yep. Uh, point three: the spirit uh, comes in his own accord. On his own for, accord. On his own accord. Yeah, yeah. It's not his own for the glory of Jesus. I couldn't figure out if this was autonomy, like he came, right? You know, on his like his own will, like the Father and the Son. You know, yeah. Probably didn't want to say that in the sermon, like his own authority. He didn't come in his own authority. He really came in the authority mm-hmm. of the Father and the Son. But he came like, on like he, the Spirit blows where he wants. That's where I was right. getting at. John chapter three, you cannot manipulate the Holy Spirit to mm-hmm. do your bidding. And I think that's exactly what the, the Jewish exorcists were doing. They're trying to manipulate the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. for their own gain. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit cannot be manipulated. Right. He does what he wills. And I think that that's the so the problem with our day is that we try to manipulate or manufacture the Holy Spirit. This is really a lot of the things you see happening today: spontaneous baptisms. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the rousing up of people's emotions and mm-hmm. altar calls using music. I think what you're getting at is you're getting from the Second Great Awakening of Charles Finney, and you're trying to create revivalism, mm-hmm. right, rather than true revival. Um, and I think that that's very, very dangerous, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think that we realize what's actually happening. We think, well, what could be wrong if someone who's excited comes forward to the Lord? 
But if they're coming forward for the wrong reasons and they haven't been vetted, haven't been tested, you're actually saying, we think you're safe for eternity, but they walk away right. unconverted. And again, I think it's pastoral malpractice. I think mm. you're helping people that they're safe and they're not. That's yeah. very, very dangerous. Yeah. Um, we cannot manufacture the move of the Holy Spirit. Now, we can pray, mm-hmm. we can live holy lives, and sometimes the Lord comes in abundance with, with power, but we cannot make him do what we desire. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, yeah, is there... So, I mean, is there anything else of maybe... I guess your ordinary church member hearing this, the Spirit comes on the court, how... I mean, other than, like, oh, yeah, like, other people are doing this and probably misusing this. Is there any way maybe we can do this in our everyday life? Yeah, I, mean, I, I do think that, um, you know, I'm not sure if there's a, is there a illustrate, uh, application right off the top of your head. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think maybe we, I mean, just maybe speaking personally, I think we do this without even realizing that's what we're doing to, like, um, like, we, and it's not, oh, the Spirit is going to do this. We wouldn't say it out loud, but subconsciously what we're saying is we may, when the Lord doesn't do something we want Him to do, or like, hey, if I do this, this, and this, God will bless me. So sure. if I have my quiet time, if I pray, yep. then I'm going to see more people saved. And if not, I must be doing something wrong. Or, or you know, um, if I have my quietness in the day, I won't struggle with sin later. It's like, wow, there's some wisdom there, and the Lord uses that. It's not a putting a coin in the slot machine and saying because I did this, it will equal this. Yeah, is that? Yeah, I, I say the same thing. I think this is the same idea for Galatians, right? Mm-hmm. Three, the walking in the flesh. I'm trying to earn the Lord's favor by doing all these things. Mm-hmm. If I do these things, therefore God will give this to me, mm-hmm. right? I think it's kind of like maybe low grade prosperity gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Where we we don't want to be like have a Mercedes Benz or a right. Porsche, but we really want that promotion. Mm. Right, we really want that girl to like us. Mm-hmm. And Lord, I'm doing all these things, and I'm not getting what I think I deserve. Yeah, it's really a, a, most of the time mm. because that's the culture we live in. Right? Yeah. So I think we try to manipulate the Holy Spirit rather than saying, "Lord, your will be done." Yeah, not my will, but your will be done. I often, see it in my own quiet times, right? I kind of use the, my quiet time or whatever you know that looks like to say, "Okay, if I do this, it'll give me this," and it's just. It's tricky. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah. Calvin Cal- Cal- says our hearts are idol factories. Yep. Um, our fourth point, last point, the Spirit comes in repentance for the glory of Jesus. We see a book burning. Oh, yeah. When's our next book burning? We're having it tomorrow. <laughs> um, so in, in verse 18, I just love, so first of all, fear uh, fell upon them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was extolled, right? So mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's doing all this stuff, um, and Jesus' name is being given glory, mm-hmm. right? That's where I get that from. Verse 18 is repentance. Those who were now believers came confessing and divulging their practices. And listen, Mm. we are sharing, divulging, sharing what we used to do, all the things that were wicked. Mm -hmm. And they did it boldly. And then they were taking the things that that once were of great wealth. This this is probably five months worth wages, right? So what's it say? How many pieces of silver? It says here. 50,000 pieces of silver, one it's like millions of dollars, I believe. Well, I, would, I wouldn't say... Today. Would, well, I'm not sure if it's going to be that high, but it's going to, it's going to be a large amount. Okay. Money. I thought I read somewhere it was like something yeah, like Yeah, for some reason, I think that the number is maybe 35000 Okay. Know, it's like a, you know, one drive miles of one day's wages. That's different than millions. Yes. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is, is that it's great wealth, and they're mm-hmm. willing to sacrifice great wealth for the, na- the sake of the name, right? Um, and they didn't want to encourage yes. anybody else to do that. 
And I just think that when I, when I kept on reading about this, I was just kind of, man, I really want anyone who's in darkness, anyone who's harboring some secret sin, anyone to 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 trust the forgiveness of Christ mm-hmm. so deeply that you are willing to divulge and confess those secret shameful practices and experience the full forgiveness of Christ mm-hmm. and be willing to suffer great cost, great mm-hmm. loss for the sake of his name, right? Yeah. I and mean, it's love what Paul says, right? You know, um, I consider all things rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Yeah. Like, like, my goodness, like Christ is so much more worthy than anything in this life. Mm-hmm. And I think so often, um, you know, I read in my own quiet time this morning in uh, Proverbs 10, uh, I think this is um, something that's what the world says, right? Uh, so the world says in Proverbs 10, this is wisdom calling, sorry, Proverbs 9, wisdom calling aloud. It says, stolen water is sweet, and the bread eaten in secret is pleasant. Mm-hmm. Right? Things that you do that are that nobody knows about is, yeah. is in, in, enticing. But he does not know that the dead are there, and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Right? Mm-hmm. That false wisdom and secrecy breeds darkness. This is where I was going to John chapter 3. Okay. Right? The, the judgment that men love darkness, right? Yeah. Rather than the light. But anyone who comes to the light, what you're saying is that I can only do this by the power of God, right? Mm-hmm. So even in the illustration I came and gave at the beginning of the sermon, what is he doing here? Like, I changed. I was changed. I used to be one who used to go out and get drunk and do all those things mm-hmm. that normal Collisons do in, in a wicked way for my own pleasure. And no, no, I'm now different. Mm-hmm. I have been changed. I, I'm willing to confess the things I used to do lies because God changed me. Mm-hmm. So God gets all the glory. It's not, you know, look at me. It's look at what God has done in my right. life. Yeah, I think it's really good. I, I think, like, even this example, right, you know, praying that the Spirit would use this among our people, because it's not something that I think Paul said you had to do. You had to burn a book. No. He was kind of, he, I think he probably said, repent of your sin. Yeah. And, they, and the Spirit was like, yeah, forget it. I'd rather burn it then you know let it still be there so yeah amen amen you just say cut off your hand pluck out your eye yeah and this is probably why a lot of people burn you know those world cds right after the yeah Christ. um you know anything that is going to keep you from the lord is not worth having mm-hmm. so turn from it turn back to christ that's good i think even hebrews right says cast out every weight or every sin and the weight right and not just sin but so easily entangles us yeah yeah that's good um would you mind praying for us yeah. father we pray that we'd be faithful to confess and divulge every secret practice that we truly trust in the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives when we feel conviction of sin, we would turn to you. We thank you that the Holy Spirit has come in power uh, to visibly show the glory of the Lord Jesus through his word. Uh, we pray, God, that we would uh, just be faithful to believe, to, to believe with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength that Jesus Christ is Lord. We pray that we'd live like it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.